0: Well, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here today. We just, uh, we thank you so much for all of your sacrifice, for all the times that you, uh, put up with us. Uh, and I are wearing, uh, similar colored shirts. We didn't even talk about that. That's just, that's how fathers and sons work. But, um, uh, all the, all the instances, uh, that he was there for me and, uh, and trained me and taught me and, uh, really was a a really great father, and that's that's the beautiful thing about this day is uh, perhaps you've had a a father like I have, or maybe you didn't, but I'm so glad that uh, God is uh, father to the fatherless, amen, Amen. that even though you might not have had uh, a, a great father here on earth, we all have a heavenly father that we can say happy Father's Day. He, he has been so very good to us, and so this morning I'm going to share a message uh, that might not on the surface seem like it's a, an appropriate Father's Day message, but uh, to me it's, uh, it, it, it epitomizes uh, uh, my father, and I'm going to share a message. I, I previously shared a message on uh, how God can turn setbacks into comebacks, and I'm going to preach sort of a sister message to that, That message uh, about uh, uh, never giving up, never giving up. When you feel like giving up, God can turn your setback into a comeback. And I'm excited for this message. We pray very quickly and go to God uh, in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for your presence in this place, this Father's Day that we have today to celebrate you to glorify you, to say happy Father's Day to you and to our fathers today. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together as the body of Christ. Uh, Let us hear from your word. Let us be encouraged. Let us be strengthened and motivated. In your name we pray and everybody said amen. Amen. Uh, How many would, would agree with me that it is easier to start something than it is to finish a thing? It's, it's, e- it's, it's easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. It's easier to start that home project uh, than it is to finish that home project. All the wives said amen. I w- that was your opportunity to really get it to your husband who has been supposed to finish that. I-, I am notorious at my house and I'm, God's working on me. I am notorious. I'm, I'm good around the house. I can do a fair amount of, uh, of work. But I'm notorious for going about 95% and I get it done and I've got the room painted, but, but the closet has not gotten painted. I don't need any amens from this, from this seat. <laughs> and, uh, but it's 95%. Uh, and so I'll get to another, I'll start another project and I'll, I'll begin to work on another project And uh, I get that one. So I've got many projects at the home that are all 95% completed. And you know what? That's better than none completed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's it's easier to, to begin a thing than it is to finish it. And that's true in life because... Life is like a, a marathon. It's, and we were talking about, this is crazy, in, in our meeting this morning, we were talking about marathons and, 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 and uh, 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 not that I'm ever going to run one, you don't have to. If you ever see me running, uh, you need to be running too because there's either either somebody with a knife uh, or a zombie or something is chasing me, so yeah, amen. But anyway, so life is like a marathon and I've noticed that when, you, when marathons and races begin, That everybody is kind of bunched up. Everybody's at the same level when they begin, they're all equal. But what happens is as they, as they run, what happens? It begins to thin out, and there begins to become space between each runner, and they're, they're not bunched up together. And, and why is that? That's because there's obstacles to overcome. There's difficulties that you face. There's things that you go through, and that's the same that's, that in life is that, uh, you know, there's obstacles and things that you're facing in life and setbacks, and we might not all be at the same level, but we're all running our race. Amen. And so uh, we're going to talk about uh, how God turns setbacks into comebacks in the area of when you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving up. And I've realized something that setbacks, they are simply a part of the character building process. Things that you face in life oftentimes, in, 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 in a lot of circumstances, are simply Uh, a a part of the character. It's just life. There are circumstances that that are out of our control, but a lot of things that we face, difficulties that we go through, that's simply a character building process that God allows us to go through those situations because he's trying to work something in us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to grow us. And those obstacles and setbacks and things that we face, they're part of building us as believers. They're part of building us as uh, human beings. They're part of us growing as an individual. You know, oftentimes when people that don't face anything, that have never really gone through any difficulty, they can't understand where you're coming from. They can't understand what you're facing. But I found out, but the things that you have gone through in life are what has, has made you who you are today that if you would not have faced those situations, you would not be the person that you are today. I, he took me through those instances. He didn't just pull me out of the fire and get me, but he, he, he walked with me through those circumstances, and that has made me to the man that I am today, and I'm so thankful that he took me through. How many are thankful that God brought you from where you used to be? Amen? He brought you through those things. But the enemy of maturity... The enemy of growing, the enemy of you building yourself is discouragement. And that's the topic that we're going to discuss this morning is this topic of discouragement. And I think this is a, this is a topic that we sort of overlook because we all face discouragement. We've all been discouraged in our life. We, you might be in here this morning and you might be discouraged. Something might, has, might have discouraged you in your life and what we do is we sort of overlook that because we, we think that's just so small and so little and, and, and you ought to just buck it up, just kind of just suck it up, you know. But we, we, we don't understand that this topic of discouragement is one of the, the major tools that the enemy has in his disposal to, to, uh, uh, to paralyze us and to keep us from being who we need to be. Discouragement is, is not as small and minor as we make it out to be. It's actually something that the Word of God speaks about. and It's actually something that we should take very, very discouragement. It is common. It is very common. So we're going to look at four causes uh, of discouragement and the three cures out of the book of, uh, of Nehemiah chapter 4, if you're in any sort of leadership roles, management roles, uh, at, at work, wherever you might be, if you're any any sort of uh, leadership or management in your work, the book of Nehemiah is a really good book for you to read. It's, it's all about leadership, management, uh, uh, being strategic, understanding plans and processes and, and going about, and so it, it's a really good book, and, and Nehemiah, Uh, after the children of Israel have been released uh, to go back to rebuild uh, Jerusalem and rebuild the walls after 70 years of captivity in Babylon, Nehemiah begins to orchestrate and plan out how they're going to rebuild uh, Jerusalem because this is their home. This is where they've been. And so they begin to rebuild these walls and they begin to rebuild and and, and, and figure out how they're going to do all this. And uh, uh, the Bible says that everyone... Worked out hard at the start. Everyone was enthusiastic, uh, but an, their initial enthusiasm began to wear off and they began to be discouraged. And so we're going to look in this uh, passage of scripture. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, in verse 6, uh, we're going to read this At last the wall was completed to half its height. Uh, you need to underline that in your Bible. Half its height. If you don't underline in your Bible, just reach over to your neighbor's Bible and write in theirs. Uh, Half its height around the entire city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. They were excited. They big. It's kind of like that home project, painting that room. Man, you get excited. You go to Lowe's. You get the paint mixed. You get your paint sticks. You get your 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 little metal things to open the cans. I don't know what those things are called, but the little things that you you pop the can open. Uh, don't yeah. Don't try the flat tip screwdriver because you'll wear the can lid out. That's not you got to get this tool. You get all these things, the plastic, all the, the paint, the paint blankets, and you really get excited about this project. You really get excited about trying to be a better person. You really get excited about this new job that you're going. You really get excited about this new marriage, this, this new uh, child. You're, you're really, really excited about it. And that's exactly what uh, uh, these individuals, these people, were they're very, very excited. But when Sambalot and Tobiah and the Arabs um, and Mennonites uh, and Ashtodites, that's the best job I've ever done at pronouncing those. <laughs> I've been studying. When Jerusalem were being repaired. They were, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. So here, here's where it kind of... This is where it comes off the track. This is where the, the train just, just, just diverts. Uh, then the people of Judah began to complain, the workers are getting tired. And there was so much rubble to be moved, we will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them to end their work—that's a—that's a good reason to be discouraged, right there. Somebody's threatening you if you paint that hall. You—you're gonna stop. Put the paintbrush down. We're, we're done. They—they—they—they they, they, they have a, a legitimate reasons to be discouraged. The Jews who lived near the enemy camp and told us again and again they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall. In the exposed areas I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords spears and bows man there's some really rich uh, scripture in there some really rich portions of scripture that will lead us to understand what do we do when faced with discouragement in our life and and these are some uh, some incredible things Uh, the first thing that I want you to notice before we get into those points is when did this discouragement take place? When did this discouragement begin? When did it happen? That part I told you to underline was when they completed the wall to half its height. Then, discouragement faced in. Discouragement always comes in your life right there at the halfway point of you and your project. Halfway in the time where you're trying to be a better person, halfway that you're trying to be more like Christ, halfway into your life, halfway through, that's when discouragement, it doesn't come at the beginning and it doesn't come at the end, Uh, and and what we say in North Carolina is we're on a short rose, I don't know who developed that saying, but it don't come when you're on a short rose, it don't come at the beginning when you're excited, when does it come? It comes halfway, I was thinking about this uh, as I was thinking about my buddy Michael who is, uh, has joined the military, and uh, uh, we're going to have to say a prayer for Michael. Uh, he is being stationed in Hawaii, so stretch your hands. <laughs> we're glad to have you back this Sunday playing guitar with us, but, uh, I, you know, I was thinking about those islands in Oahu, I'm, I missed that one all up, Oahu and Maui. Uh, and this might be a training exercise that you have to go through, but if if you had to leave on a rowboat between that first island, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it again, uh, and you tried to row to Maui, uh, when would you get discouraged? You wouldn't get discouraged when you still saw the first island, and you wouldn't get discouraged when you finally saw the shores of of Maui. You, You would get discouraged when you couldn't see either shores. When you can't see your beginning from your end, that's when the enemy steps in to discourage you. When you can't see it's been so long since you've been out of debt, when it's been so long since you, uh, had it, when it's been so long since you've had peace, when it's been so long since you've felt uh, joy, when it's been so long, but yet you still can't see where you're going, you still don't know where you're headed. You still don't have vision for your life. and you're right there in the middle, that's when the enemy will step right in to begin to discourage you and tell you that you're never going to make it, you're never going to amount to anything, God can never use anybody like you, and, and, and it's just you might as well just give up. And that's right there in the middle where this began to happen in these people's lives. They begin to face this discouragement. I want to share those with you this morning. Uh, number one is when something takes longer than I expected. When something takes longer than I thought it was going to take, fatigue sets in, and then discouragement is right there behind it. When it takes longer than you began, you, when you planned it all out and you thought it all out and you, you, you said, I'm going to get this job, I'm going to get married, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I, I want to plan all this out, and you begin to do it. And then all of a sudden you realize, whew, wow, th- this is taking longer. Than I thought it was going to take. You thought painting that room was going to be very quick, but before you know it, now you 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 get to painting and you get to doing that project, and, and you realize you're only on the first coat. You got two more coats to go. You got to paint the trim. You got to sand between coats. You got you got to tape up. Got, and then you realize, wow, that, that happens in life too. You you begin to realize that it it takes longer than you thought. Verse 10 says this, uh, the workers are being, t- uh, they're tired and, and, and worn out. We can't keep up this pace, they said. We can't, we can't, we can't continue. It's, this, is, this is taking longer than we thought it would take. See, when you're tired and you're worn out and you begin to realize that this is not a quick thing, you begin to be stressed out. You begin to be worn out. You begin uh, to be tired. And, and what happens when you're tired and you're worn out is you can't think straight. You, you, you cannot think clearly. You cannot think straight when you are tired and worn out. Isn't it interesting how that when you get a good night's sleep, now there's some things that you face that a good night's sleep, this ain't going to cure. But for a lot of situations in our life, isn't it, isn't it interesting that when you get a, get a good night and you get eight, nine hours of sleep, you feel better in the morning. You have a decision to face. You, 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 you're worried about facing this circumstance. You're worried about dealing with this issue. And, 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 and you get a good night's sleep and all of a sudden in the morning it's clear. In the morning you, you realize it's not as bad as you thought it was. You realize that a good night's sleep, good rest is encouraging. That's why God created the Sabbath. He created the Sabbath for rest so that you would uh, get opportunities to rejuvenate yourself, get opportunities to revive yourself. Uh, there was a man uh, in 1893 by the name of Frederick Taylor, uh, and, and we all should be thankful for Fred. He was a, he was a great man. He, 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 we were thankful for Fred. He was the first individual to do a scientific study of work habits. And he began to uh, study, and he found out that people accomplish more if they take regular breaks in the workforce. He found out after doing a scientific study that when people get breaks, they work better. They accomplish more. How many are thankful for Fred? Can you? Say, amen. I get that break. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Discovery Channel nut. I love Discovery Channel. And I found out about uh, bats. I found something very interesting about bats is that they can live up to 20 years. And for a small animal uh, like a bat, that's pretty, that's pretty long. That's, you know, they don't usually live that long. And I found out that they, they can live that long because they, in essence, have a, a, a state of deep relaxation they can lower their heart rate from 180 beats per minute to 3 beats per minute thereby relaxing and thereby getting strength and thereby living longer isn't it interesting that when you control your breathing when you relax when you get rest when you when you when you begin to uh, get get a, a sense of of, of relaxation and breathing, I noticed when I when, when I have worked out. I was getting ready to say when I work out. I'm blind. When I have worked out, I remember one one time I did. I was I was looking at my my heart rate on my watch here, and it was uh, uh, about 150, uh, 140, 145, 150 beats per minute. And I was going along, and, and I realized that my breathing was shallow. I realized that I was rushing my breathing and so I didn't change anything in my workout, I didn't change any intensity and I'm by no means a a workout uh, expert Uh, but I kinda got this by trial is I began to breathe slower, I began to control my breathing and I watched as my heart rate began to drop and lower down and I could get strength and I could get more of a workout. When you control your breathing, when you relax, when you get sleep, when you get that strength uh, you, you can begin to rejuvenate yourself, and in the midst of that discouragement, when you begin to realize that it's taking you longer than you expected, when you, you get some rest, you rejuvenate yourself and you strengthen yourself. Deuteronomy 25:18 has a powerful scripture uh, uh, in it about this topic. 25:18. it says, "They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck you down." They struck, they struck exactly the one, they begin to attack. The enemy will attack when you're at your weakest point. When you're at your weakest point, when you're struggling, when you're, when you're weary, when you're tired, when you're worn out, when you are fatigued. That's the exact time. Listen, I've watched enough Discovery Channel to know the lions don't go after the, all the ones grouped in the middle that are strong. The lion will go after the weak one that's, 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 that's apart from other ones that's weak, that's hurt, that's weary. That's the exact one that the enemy is going to attack is the one that's hurt and weak, and that's tired, that's worn out. When you begin to find times to rejuvenate yourself, take a vacation, uh, have a quiet time during your day, you can be rejuvenated and renewed, and God can bless you. Amen. Number two, setbacks take place, discouragement takes place when something is more difficult than expected, when it takes longer than expected, but when it's also more difficult than expected. When you didn't realize when you started that project, when you didn't realize you got into that job, when you didn't realize you got into that marriage, when you didn't realize you had that child, when you didn't realize, and all of a sudden you realize, whoa, man this is, this is tough. this is difficult. That's when discouragement will take place. How common? That's a lot. and what, what happens, to a lot of us is we just'm we'll stuff that back in the. Attic. <laughs> let's, let's stick it back in the cabinet. We'll get to it another time. Why? Because you, 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 you come to the realization that' it's, that it's more difficult than you thought it was. but we uh, at our house we Decided years ago that we were going to replace uh, our carpet in our bedrooms on the side of our house. We were going to put hardwoods in uh, that matched the rest of our home. And so to save money, uh, I decided to, to pull up that carpet uh, 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 with some much needed help. Uh, pull up the carpet and pull up the padding. And then below that was, uh, I think, three-quarter inch uh, cork board. So I had to get all that up. And it was, a, it was a difficult job. But what I noticed was after removing all this stuff and loading it onto a trailer, I came to the realization that, wow, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of debris. You know, have you ever tried to remodel a home and you tear things out, you tear stuff out, and, and it gets out of your house and you see it in the pile, you see it in the dumpster, you see it on the trailer, and you realize there's a lot of debris. In that project, I found out something uh, that this debris that can pile up in our situations, this, this rubble that we have in our life, that too much rubble or debris in our life, too much distractions in our life can cause frustration in our life, can cause difficulty in our life. And a lot of times, if we would just simplify our life, get down to priorities in our life, get the debris clear, get the, get the rubble clear in our life, clear it all out, we can have a much peaceful uh, 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 time in our life. How many have ever cleaned out your car and you, you get that feeling when you leave the car wash after you vacuumed your car out, after you've armored, you, you get right in that car. How, how does it feel? It feels good. I heard somebody say good. It feels good. Clean your office out. What is it? It feels good. Why? Because you begin. You you can think. You can you can be, be focused in your life because you what you got the debris out of your life. I have four rules of rubble. Four rubble rules. Number one is rubble is a part of life. Debris uh, clutter is, is just a part of life. It, you're going to face circumstances in your life you're going to face rubble you're going to have debris that piles up you cannot avoid that situation you cannot run from that confrontation you cannot avoid those circumstances all that you can do is is begin to clean it out of your life and begin to remove it you can't you can't avoid rubble you can only remove it and number two clean it out of your life periodically if you don't take opportunities in your life to to self-reflect to read the Word of God, to begin to reflect on your life and where you're at and periodically clean things out of your life, periodically simplify things in your life, what happens is things begin to pile up. Things begin to pile up and pile up. Number three, if you don't deal with it, it'll take over. If you don't deal with that circumstance, if you don't deal with that situation, if you don't deal with that debris, if you don't deal with that that rubble in your life, it'll begin to take over that trash and those things begin to multiply in your life. And number four, and I love this point, you don't always recognize it, but others do. You don't always recognize that debris in your life. You don't always recognize that rubble in your life, but others do. It's, it's, to me, it's like the Febreze commercial. You know, the, the Febreze, you become nose blind to it. Yeah. It's like the guy, like your teenager doesn't realize that his room smells like a giant sock that he's worn for two weeks straight, but but he doesn't realize if you do, because he's. we become blind to situations in our life and we don't realize that stuff is beginning, emotional baggage is beginning to pile up and pile up. And God this morning wants to encourage you and it wants to help you to, to clear that stuff out, begin to simplify your life and begin to realize that uh, he wants to encourage you. Uh, some stuff you have to clear out. You just do. You have to kind of, And my question is, what's the rubble in your life? What's the debris that's in your life? What are the circumstances uh, in your life? Uh, Psalms uh, 25, 18 says, come Lord and show me mercy for I feel helpless. I feel overwhelmed and I am in deep distress. I love the book of Psalms so much. I love uh, reading that book and how David is so very, very real. Last time I spoke, I I talked about how to deal with that emotion and be real, be upfront with God, be very, very honest. Don't, don't, don't hide that fact that you're feeling that way and be honest. Now, I love how David is very, very honest. And, and sometimes you just have to go to God and say that. You just have to go to God. I'm overwhelmed. I've, I've tried to run to my coworkers. I've tried to run to my family. I've tried to run to my, my spouse. I've tried to do, but nobody seems to be able to help me in that circumstance. And the only person you can help is, is, is your father. I run to God from whence my help comes from. I look to him in my circumstances, and he can help you. When you feel that way, God can help. Point three, number three, setbacks can come when I start to doubt my own ability. When I start to doubt my own ability. This, this came so strong in my spirit for myself because this, this circumstance begins to Create fear in your life, and uh, uh, fear is a very uh, intense thing in our life, and, and is a very uh, a thing that we have to be uh, cognizant of. In Nehemiah, and in the uh, chapter four, verse t- verse ten, if you read verse ten, it says, "We now realize we cannot finish this wall. It went from we're so excited." We're so enthusiastic to now, man, all this debris is piling up. We ain't so sure. And now when they face people and they face circumstances, now they've gone from I, we, we might not finish to now, we can't finish this wall. We, we can't do this. That's what happens in our life is you begin to realize that you, that you are in this situation where uh, the setback and you begin to doubt your own ability. Have you ever felt that way, that, that you you, you ask yourself that question, why did I take this job? Why did I make this move? Why did I do this? Why, why did I ever begin this situation? And you begin to realize that you're in a situation that you feel like you're over your head because you you begin to doubt your own ability and you begin to have fear and the enemy comes in to deal with it. He comes in to point that out and to, to put his finger on that. But I, I, how many of you know that God wants you to understand that that setback in your life he can turn it into a comeback as quickly as you can think. Amen? How do you handle failure? How do you handle when plans collapse? How do you handle this situation when, when things are more difficult, when it takes longer, and then when you begin to doubt your own ability? If at first you don't succeed, I've found this out, then you're normal. If at first you don't succeed, you're normal. If at first you don't succeed, you, you're in the group, you're in the club. If at first you don't get there, I and mean, at first you don't make it, and at first it don't happen, if at second it don't happen, if at third it don't happen, I mean, He's the God of the second chances. He's the God of the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance. God wants you to know this morning that He loves you and that it doesn't matter what failure you face, what situation you face, God wants you to understand that if at first you don't succeed, you're normal. I found out that successful people see failures not as an organization, how to lead uh, others. And it's a, it's a powerful book, and there's an entire chapter on how you reframe your perspective and how you, you, you look at your obstacles different. You look at your limitations as different. You look at your situations as different. And you don't see them as limitations, and you don't see them as obstacles, but you see them as opportunities for God to, to give you a comeback. You see as that setback as opportunities for God to orchestrate something powerful in your life. Can somebody say amen? amen? Number four, and lastly, setbacks happen when the opposition grows stronger. When the opposition grows stronger. And this is the last part in this story of Nehemiah. Uh, and I noticed that this is, happens a lot in our lives, is that when we begin a project, when you begin that job, when you... Begin that turnaround in your finances when you begin to try to be more like Christ. When you begin to work on those bad habits, when you begin to work on those things in your life, that opposition really doesn't start when you when you begin that journey. But as you grow and as you uh, uh, take on that effort, and as you become uh, more effective in your life. That's when people begin to notice in your life. That's when the enemy takes notice in your life. And that's when discouragement sets in. It, a lot of times people don't notice when you begin that project. But opposition uh, from the outside begins to take place as you've become more effective in your life. As you've gone on and gotten halfway into the project. now begin Nehemiah, they, 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 they all came back. Can you see all these people? coming back from captivity. Babylon, Babylon, they've released them to go back and rebuild the wall. They're all coming back and nobody took notice. Nobody said anything. But all of a sudden, they've gotten the wall halfway up. They're having some success. They're rebuilding this situation. And then all of a sudden, people begin to take notice. People begin to point out, say, whoa, 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 we got to do something. That we, we thought... People underestimated you. They didn't think that you were going to make it. They didn't think that you were strong enough. They didn't think that you were good enough. They didn't think. But all of a sudden, you begin to show people that you can be successful in that job, that you can get your finances that you can be a a better leader in your job, that you can do this. And all of a sudden, the enemy takes notice. And that's when he begins to come in and to ridicule and to criticize. The opposition you face from the outside causes fear. So we had... Fatigue, frustration, failure, and now, lastly, we have fear, and that's because that opposition is growing. That's begin uh, that the people begin to realize the f- the first thing those individuals did is they begin to criticize those builders. They begin to criticize uh, uh, Judah. They begin to criticize these people as they're rebuilding the wall. The second thing they did is they begin to ridicule them. They made fun of them. They they criticized. They ridiculed and made fun. And lastly. They threaten to kill them. Again, if if I'm starting a home project and my neighbor comes and says, "You finished that window? You dead? Okay, I'm good. I'm done. I'm. St- I, I, I won't. I won't. I won't plant those shrubs next to your property. I won't do that. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And that's a legit reason to quit. That's a legit reason to be discouraged. But what happens is Nehemiah doesn't allow that discouragement to settle in his people. He doesn't allow that situation to settle in to, to, the, the, to the builders. He doesn't allow that to just settle in and, and become something of, uh, of themselves. And he, he begins to tell them, he begins to say, no, 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 no. Don't, don't allow that fear to stop you from rebuilding this wall. Verse 12 has a, has a powerful point in it to illustrate this. Verse 12 says this. Uh, let's pull that verse 12 up for me real quick. Nehemiah verse 12. I want to show you this real quick. This is important in the topic of discouragement and fear. It says, The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again. Who got discouraged first? Who who was discouraged? Who was the initial individuals that were discouraged first? Verse 12 points it out. The Jews who lived near the enemy, the ones that were closest to the enemy, the ones that listened the most, the the ones that heard the the ridicule and the criticism first, the ones that were listening to it the most, the ones that tuned their ear to the criticism, those were the ones that were discouraged first. And they came back and said, well, well, we got to stop. Uh, over and over and over and over again, they're telling us they're going to kill us. The power of repetition is is great. Said enough, anything is believable. And these individuals begin to hear this over and over and over again, this constant negativity. What what do we do when we're constantly exposed, when we allow ourselves... To constantly be exposed to negativity in social media, on TV, people at work, and we 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 constantly have exposed ourselves and opened our ears. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you expose yourself to. Be careful what you allow to come into you. And social media for our young people is, and even not even young people, even those that are older in season that are on social media, that is a powerful thing that we are constantly tuning our ear into the opinions of millions of people. And what happens is that negativity comes, that negativity comes, that negativity comes. God wants to put us on a diet of negativity. He wants us to cut back, to not fill our minds with that negativity. What secret fear is causing you and I to be discouraged? What secret fear that we are facing is causing us to be discouraged. How do you know if fear is discouraging you? When you have an intense desire to run, to escape or to avoid that circumstance and avoid that situation, that fear is driving you to avoid that. So we have the four things that are causing discouragement, frustration, fatigue, failure, and fear. All those equal discouragement. All those equal discouragement. Equal discouragement. So what is God's cure? Three quick points, and I'm going to close. And it's not that I'm against those. I've heard preachers talk about this is my life scripture. This is, you know, pray to God for your life scripture. And not that I've always been against that. I've just never been one. But the Holy Spirit, this scripture keeps coming back in my heart all the time. Like since I was young. And if and if I did have a life scripture, but this be the one that the Holy Spirit is speaking over me, and maybe that he is speaking over you. And that if 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 nothing else this morning to hear this, this is what you need to hear. Philippians one six is about he that begun, he that began a good work in you. If he started that in you, if he gave you that job, if he gave you that marriage, if he gave you that child, if you if if he began that in you, then he's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You might face setbacks. You might face obstacles. You might face circumstances. But God wants you to know this morning that, that none of that is going to, if you stay close to him, if you stay in him, he, he began that in you and he's going to complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen? Three quick things that Nehemiah did to finish this wall. Three important things that he did as he began to face these obstacles and face the frustration, the fatigue, the failure and the fear, the the three things that he he did not working. Maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's something in your family, your business, your job. You might be doing the right thing. You might just be doing it the wrong way. You may that God begin that in you and you get discouraged and you want to quit and give up, you may be doing the right thing, but you just might be doing it the wrong way. Thirteen, Verse 13 says, Nehemiah said, so I stationed guards at the wall. He kept doing it. He didn't stop and say, okay, we'll, we'll stop doing this wall. Maybe we'll put a moat with some gators around it. Uh, maybe we'll put some underground fences Maybe we'll do something else. No, he kept doing what he was doing. He kept doing what God had told him to do. He kept doing what God had put in his heart, but he just decided these obstacles aren't going to keep me from accomplishing this goal. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm just going to do it a different way. You might need to reorganize something in your life. Whenever, whatever you're discouraged at doesn't mean you need to stop it. You might just be doing it the wrong way. If you're in debt and you're, you're, well, I just need to do this, this, no, you might have to reorganize and, and get a better budget and cut some things out. If uh, you're out of shape and, 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 and your health, you might need to exercise and, and restructure your eating habits and your lifestyle. If you're overcommitted and you're stressed out and, and, you're, and you're, you're running around and, and always worn out, you might need to simplify some things in your life and begin to cut some stuff out. These four words will, will, might set you free. Cut out the clutter. Those four words in my life have become uh, something that I, I, I want to cut things out. Maybe it's things that aren't bad, but good things become bad things when they keep me from the best things. Things in my life that, that bring me, might bring me joy or happiness It might be things that I like, it might be things that I enjoy, I have to cut those some things out to simplify and get to the things that are most important in my life. And that's things that, uh, that benefit my family and my faith and my church. Amen. There's a freedom and a release when you clean the junk out of your life. There's a freedom. Nehemiah had a plan. He posted them by families. He, he stationed guards. And then he posted uh, those individuals. He posted those workers by families. He put them up. He, he had a, a strategy about his work. He posted them by families. What does that tell me? That tells me that you're going to need support in your life. You're going to need people in your life to support you, to encourage you. You're going to need a church body to, to run to. You're going to need a small group to join. If you're not part of a small group, that is such a powerful tool Is joining a group of people that will meet outside of Sunday mornings that you can talk to and run to and call and text and get encouragement. He, he posted them by families, which tells me to finish the job, I'm going to need somebody to help me. I'm going to need some support. I, I cannot get to that thing on my own. I'm going to need some support. Can somebody say amen? Hebrews 10, 25 says, Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting with other believers. But we must not do that. Instead, we should keep on encouraging each other. Keep on encouraging each other. That's powerful. You need a support group, a spiritual family, and people that you can run to. Number two, the second cure is refocus on God. This is powerful. After all that's taken place, after all that plan has been implemented, he, he doesn't just stop there and say, all right, let's go get back to work. No. In verse 14, he goes on to say this, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. He, he, He gets them to a place where he says, remember why you're doing what you're doing. Remember why you began this work in the first place. Remember why you launched out on this project. Remember why you uh, uh did this remember why you uh, had this child and when you got married, you got this job. Remember why you started this business. Remember why you started this ministry. Remember why you did these things. Why because God put it in your heart and 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 he says remember. The Lord. We can be so busy working for the Lord, we forget the Lord's work in us. We can be so busy working and and scheduling and and, and busy and things in our life that we oftentimes forget who began that thing in us at the beginning. And that was the Lord. He said, Remember the Lord. He said, Remember God. I love David. He and the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. I love how he doesn't say he encouraged himself with a good meal. He encouraged himself sitting down watching TV. He encouraged himself by taking a two-week vacation. He, He encouraged all those things are good, and all those things can help. But when you are in really a situation where nothing else can help you, when you're really in a situation where you're facing discouragement, when you're really in a situation where things are... Encouraging yourself in anything but the Lord ain't going to cut it. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. I remembered why, why he began this work in me at the beginning. I remember the Lord. When I'm discouraged, I remember these three things. And I'm closing. These three things I remember. God's goodness to me in the past. I remember how good He was to me in the past I remember things that he did for me in the past, I remember his goodness number two I remember God's closeness to me in the present I remember how close he is I think about how how he's never going to leave me he's never going to forsake me he's going to stick closer than the brother I remember his goodness to me in the past, I remember his closeness to me in the present and I remember His promise to me in the future. I remember those three things, and I understand that He's close. That He's always there. He's always good, and His promises—His promises to me—are for my, my good and my benefit. Can somebody say Amen? Sometimes you have to determine your feelings. You have to your your thoughts will determine your feelings. As you begin to think about those things and begin to understand that his goodness to you in the present, his closeness to you in the present rather, and his promises to you in the future. And lastly, the third cure is resist the discouragement. This one right here is a choice. This one right here is your option. This one right here is for you to do for you to resist the discouragement because you're in a battle. You have to fight that discouragement. You have to fight against those feelings of discouragement and those thoughts. You have to fight against those things. In verse 14, he says, Then I told them, Fight for your brothers and your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes because they were in a fight. They were in a battle. You have to resist the discouragement. And that's a battle. Ultimately, it's a battle that we win, that we, we already won. He already won the victory for us. We just have to remember and fight for it. Amen. Because the two weapons that the enemy will face us with, will, will throw in our way, are distraction and discouragement. He distracts us to get, a, to get us off focus, and he discourages us to get us to quit. But when we remember the Lord, remember his goodness, Remember, he's close to us and that his promises to us are for our benefit and for our good. We understand that we have a fight to go. There's fatigue, there's frustration, there's fear, there's a, feel, a, a, a feeling that you might fail. But God wants you to know this morning is he wants you to know that to just keep going. If there's a wall unfinished in your life, there's something that's unfinished in your life and you're uh, going through something, he wants you to be encouraged this morning to understand that none of those things can get you off, get you off your plan, get you off your project, as long as you rely on the Lord and run to him. If you're feeling discouraged, I want to ask you what's what's causing it. If it's fatigue, you may may need to get some rest, rejuvenate yourself, if it's frustration, you might need to clear out the clutter to remember the Lord. Remember, he gives second chances. He gives third chances. He is the God of a second chance, and he wants to encourage you. And lastly, if it's fear, then he wants you to understand that you are called to resist the enemy. He says, resist the devil, and he will flee. Fight your fight. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, God, that although we face obstacles and setbacks in our life, although we face circumstances that that can be anything from minor to, to, to all the way to major, God, you are there, right there with us. You love us and you have a plan for our life. Right there in the midst of the setback that somebody might be facing this morning, God, I pray that your anointing would encourage them I pray that your presence would be here, Father, to lift them up, to encourage them, that that that, that enemy that's coming in to try to discourage them, to get them to quit. They're, that enemy is coming in for a reason because he knows what's inside every believer this morning. He knows what's, what's laying dormant inside every believer that's here this morning. He knows that the greatness that you've created for us to accomplish. And he's, he's attempting to get us off our path, to get us off our encouragement. Uh, uh, God, I pray for them this morning. I pray that you would lift them up, that you would bless them this morning and strengthen them right there in the midst of that situation. If that's you with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're facing that situation in your life, if you're facing that discouragement in your life, then I want you to know this morning that his grace is enough, that his love is enough, that his presence is here this morning for you to encourage you, to lift you up. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you and you say, that's me, Pastor True, I'm facing a, I'm facing a battle, I'm facing discouragement, and I just, I just feel like giving up. I want you to know that his presence is here for you. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, just lift up your hands so we can pray for you. We can just lift you up in prayer. Hands are up all over the place. Hands are up all over the place. Come on, that's me, that's me. I'm in a fight, I'm in a battle. You can put those hands down. They're going to begin to worship, and I'm going to pray. And after I say amen, we're going to stand and begin to worship. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, if you need prayer for a discouragement or an obstacle or a situation in your life, and you want somebody to pray for you, to pray with you, to believe with you, these altars are open. We want to pray with you. And so we're going to pray, say amen. They're going to lead us in some worship. And I want you to step out of your seat. Come up to the front. And we want to pray with you. Father, we, we pray for every hand that was lifted. Give them the courage to, to stand, to come. And give them the courage to face that battle, to face that fight head on. You've given us the victory. Now it's ours to just claim it and believe in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. Please stand to your feet if you want to come. We want to pray with you and believe with you. Come on, let's worship.